Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, where we have two lines available. Julia smiling. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Get right to the phones. Margie and Whitman. Hello, Margie. Hello. Hello. Uh, hi, Brian. Hi. Um, Could you do us a favor and turn off your radio? Oh, turned off? Yeah, we can hear it in the background. Oh, there. Thank you. Okay. Um, I have some um, big palm trees in my backyard, and uh, most of them are some type of uh, fan, Mexican fan. Mm -hmm. But I have this one queen palm, and um, I'm worried about it. Somebody said they thought it was dying. Now, it's um, probably 18 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's uh, 20 feet tall at least. Okay. And I can't, uh, you know, we can't trim it anymore. We'll have to have a professional come in. And it needs trimmed. But how would they determine that they thought it was dying? Well, I mean, how do the, how do the fronds look? How is its general appearance? <laughs> well, as far as I can tell, <clears throat> the tallest ones, I think it needs like about three trimmings, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the tallest ones, I think, have some green or look pretty green. Uh, of course, the others are brown because they're hanging Well, down. Margie, if it looks happy to you, it's probably okay. It's going to require a little more care than all those other fan palms, whether they're Mexicans or California fans. You know, they're just a lot more drought tolerant and tougher here than queen palms are, and especially as they age. What I would do with it, if it's a, a friend and you want to keep her happy, is I would fertilize it right now just with citrus food or palm tree food or even lawn fertilizer if you had it. Uh, if you get an opportunity to get by a nursery, if you could pick up some manganese spikes and put two, manganese. Th- uh-huh, and put two or three extra manganese spikes around it, or if you bought some chelated manganese and poured in around it and gave it an extra shot of manganese in addition to a good balanced fertilizer, that, that way you'll be being as kind as you can. You know, and it does want to be watered every couple of weeks this time of year and probably it would be happiest if it's watered once a week in the heat of the summer. I think it gets plenty of water because okay. it's in kind of a little garden area. Mm-hmm. So that and, that would uh, be a good thing. I would just add some extra fertilizer now, and uh, your 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 man when he's up pruning it could probably give you a better idea on how healthy it looks when he's up on top. Oh, okay. Uh, now on one of the other palms, uh, at the base of it, right mm-hmm. by the ground, uh, it looks like the bark is loose or something, and there's kind of some. Um, holes in it. Is well, it might it may have had a gopher in there before, Margie, and sometimes the gophers will eat up into the trunk, and as the bark oh. dies on the outside, it'll fall off, and you'll see where the gopher was in there, and there'll be a hole down in the trunk of the tree, and oh. that's not unusual for palm trees, especially older ones, and uh-huh. uh, just make sure you don't have any active gophers, and the tree should be fine. Oh, okay. And um, so I need to call somebody to a professional to come out to trim those trees that are tall like that. Yeah, whoever you have, and yeah, and, and professional is the right right word because there's a lot of different talent in palm tree pruning, 
and uh, you know make sure that they don't cut them too high. You know you can cut them up to leave the the heads. You know the best time to trim palm trees really, Marge, is going to be in. Uh, after right after the Fourth of July, that way those fan palms won't have seeds that will fall. And if you're going to have them all trimmed, just have them come out. But have them trim them right after the Fourth of July. That way, all the flowering heads are out for the year. You know, if you want to go ahead and prune it now, it's fine. But that won't stop the other ones from flowering, creating a mess next summer. Oh. So should I wait on the queen palm, too? It won't hurt it. Now, if it's unsightly, and it's the one only one that's unsightly, and the whole monks to the group, you know, you could go ahead and prune yeah. it now and then come back and prune them all after the 4th of July. Okay, but I should go ahead and fertilize it. Go ahead and fertilize it right now. Yeah. Uh, I thought somebody said you had to put the fertilizer up in the... Like the crown of it. Well, the, the idea of putting things as the crown is sometimes we use either like a Monterey disease control, which is a bacteria that eats fungus, or they would use copper sulfate up in the crown, and that's to prevent fungus that's eating and feeding on the crown of queen palms, and that can be a real thing. But it's usually oh. most common, you know, in the uh, summertime. That's when they're yeah. stressed and they have the most problems. So I would just feed it for now, and if you wanted to use the Monterey disease control around the base of it, it can be sustained. And the tree will actually pick it up from the ground and take it all the way to the top, so you don't have to try to climb up there. Yeah, so that's those stakes. Well, no, the Monterey Disease Control is a, basically a bacteria. It's a liquid you mix with water. When you're fertilizing it, you just pour it in and mix it in there. And it goes up systemically through the tree, and it can attack the fungus, and you don't have to climb to the top. You can put it on the ground, and it'll go right up through the tree. Oh, okay. And that's called Monterey? Disease Control. Disease Control. Thank you, Marge. And the other spikes are? The other spikes are manganese. Manganese. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks a lot, Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love- Oops. Hey, Greg. Hey, Brian. Uh, quick question for you. I'm a little late on the question because it's already done. Eight olive trees are about, um, I want to say about 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had wanted to reduce the crowns on them mm-hmm. by a long shot because they were getting really tall. Okay. And so I had somebody come out and prune them pretty, pretty heavily, I guess. And uh, they still have foliage on them for sure. But, um, you know, after that is done, they look kind of like they're going to die or something. They don't look like they're going to die, but I was told you've killed them. No. So, <laughs> you know, what can olive tree, right, they said you're going to have olive trees looking like Los Olivas Park olive trees. <laughs> so what? Um, what's the survivability of those? Like, did I do anything wrong? Or did I handle that kind of brewery? Greg, 100%. 100% survivability. With olive trees, they're a lot like citrus trees. They're an evergreen tree, and their wood can burn if you expose a lot of wood to the direct sun. But if you've just done this recently, you've done it the perfect time of year. So what I would do is, you know, we tend to neglect our olives because they are so hardy. If you'd fertilize them right now and water them one time uh, real deep after you feed them pretty heavy, they'll pop new buds out, and they'll fill in over the next five or six weeks before they sunburn and protect themselves. Okay, so even those thick uh, branches, because there's some that are, you know, fairly thick branches that were cut, Mm -hmm. even those may start to show a little bit of growth. They they absolutely will. They'll rebud. 
you know, and and, uh, okay. and see what we're looking for in an olive tree. They've got the bark portion of the tree, right? It's got all the bark on it. That's more mature right. wood. That doesn't sunburn very easily. But up there where they prune the top and you have some of the younger wood that's smooth still, that wood can sunburn. Right. And that's kind of the fear with an olive tree. Now, had you just made the same phone call to me in August, I'd say, oh, Greg, that wasn't such a good thing. But because you did it this time of year, it's the perfect time of year to do that major pruning. And they'll have a chance to rebud. And even the old wood will rebud on an olive tree. And it'll come back out and protect itself. Just make sure up in the canopy that you let that foliage come back and fill in. And uh, and it'll, it'll, it'll do that quickly. And I would water them a couple extra times this spring and maybe feed them. And then just forget about them. Then there'll be olive trees and be healthy and happy again. And the foliage will come back. And then, you know, the fact that you want to reduce their size. You know, Greg, there's olive trees around that are a couple thousand years old that have been pruned. And, you know, if you look at the ones in Greece and different places, uh, these trees have been in production for a long, long time. And they're pruned and remodeled and chapped and, you know, to be able to get the fruit and different things. So it's not going to hurt the olive tree. All right, Brian. Thank you so much for that reassurance. I really appreciate well, it. Your timing was impeccable, as they say. Bye, Greg. <laughs> All right. That's good. Take care. Thanks a million. I appreciate your help. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Mr. Tony over in Scottsdale. Hi, Tony. Hey, uh, Brian. Good morning. Morning. Hey, uh, so a couple, a couple of easy questions for you. So I've got this pergola that I built out in front. It's a north-facing pergola that I built. And and I love to hang hanging flowers baskets off of it, um, but uh, man, I you know I put I put petunias out there and I do my best to water them and they save full sun, but they always get cooked. And I put diplodanias up there and they've done a little bit better. But is what do you recommend that's going to be the longest lasting to add some color on that pergola? Well, Tony, those are annuals. You know, so diplodinia is yes. really here, kind of more annuals here, too. So this time of year, they're beautiful, you know, and, and they're right. fine. Do, is it uh, just a lattice-style pergola where it's open, or is it got a solid roof on it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's open. Um, so, I, you know, I've got rafters coming across the mm-hmm. top, but it get, they, they definitely get plenty of – they get all the sun they need. Do you want to grow a cover vine over the top of it? No, I don't. No, because okay. I'd, like, I'd like to leave it open so I can look out through it. Okay, sounds good. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, you know, petunias and things are great for the wintertime. You know, for the summertime, if you wanted more of a perennial thing in there, you could use Ipomia. It's not going to have the blooms, but it has beautiful color and hangs down. It's called sweet okay. potato vine or Ipomia. You could put that in there now. It'll last all summer. And if you're going to pot things into pots and try to maintain them for the summertime, you need to do something to kind of mediate the watering. Or they either have an irrigation system that runs daily or maybe even twice a day, you know, because it does take a lot of water, especially when plants are hanging out in the open ambient air like that. You know, they really yeah. dry out. So if you would right. run, run an that, irrigation that, that, system. That's, that's been my problem. Yeah. So running an irrigation system to them would be fine. <laughs> you can also pick up a product called polymers, and basically it's what's in baby diapers, you know, and you could put, you can stack polymer into there, and that'll retain oh, some moisture and kind of help it release, though it's debatable whether it can release enough fast enough to make a difference but it would help and um, so it's just a little difficult growing things that high the other thing you could come around to do is you could grow succulent plants in there you know uh, things like elephant food instead of doing the uh, annuals and if you potted the elephant food yourself up into your basket and potted them in dirt now you're gonna have to have a pretty sturdy basket to hold the weight but elephant food you could probably get away with watering once a week 
It's called elephant foot. Food, F-O-O-D. So elephant food. Elephant okay. food is, it, you know, it's kind of a succulent-looking plant, but it can, the smaller leaf one will cascade down. It can be quite pretty. All right. Well, hey, listen, Brian, as usual, information is awesome. And uh, I'll be calling you again with my next my, my next uh, plant question. Well, Julia and I will be here. Have, have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Brett. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we've got A-Line open. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old-time movie about a in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet you know that ghost is me and I will never be set free as long as I'm a ghost you can't see if I could read your Welcome back, folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning. Looks like the lines are full, so we'll get right to them, and we have to do them in the right order. Marty in Sun City. Good morning. Hello. Hi, Marty. Hey there. Uh, how do you spell your name, first of all? Well, Brian with an Whit- I? No, <laughs> the Whitfield. Oh, Whitfield's W-H-I-T, F like in Frank, I-L-L. That's, there's there's, there's I, a long story about where the Whitfield name came from, but we won't. We, we'll spare everybody today. Uh, second, do you have any consultants that would go like to a Dell Web uh, HOA with forty-four houses and give us a five-year type plan or not? Uh, at times, but it's really difficult in the spring. You know, right now yeah, the problem I, is I, we're quite busy. But yeah, later on, if you contact us, uh, we can probably find somebody to help you out. Okay, uh, we have a preference in this compound of uh, 44 houses for flowers, and they have 85 oleanders mm-hmm. and quite a few bougainvilleas and lantanas and things like that. So how, how, uh, what is the recommendation for watering system? Should it be a drip system or should it be deeper watering? The one that works is the most important, and it can be any type of a system. And, uh, any type, okay. And so they, when they're installed correctly, they all can work quite well. But, um, you know, and, and those are very hardy plants when established. You know, nothing hardier yes. than bougainvilleas and oleanders and lantanas. They're, they're all they're very drought tolerant. Yeah, when they're established, they're wonderful plants. 
Okay, these are 1987 plants, so they're pretty well established. Uh, what uh, kind of shape should be trimmed to to protect from the summer sun? Well, the plants are going to protect themselves from the summer sun and all those hardy varieties. So what we would typically want to do to keep plants, what we're really looking at when we're maintaining a landscape like that is keeping plants in bloom the longest we possibly can. So yep. what we would want to do is this is a great time to butcher, okay, because we finished the winter bloom cycle. So if you butcher things now, cut them back, you know, very hard and let them bloom out for the summer. And then the next time, like bougainvilleas and things, we want to cut them really hard is in August. And uh, with the caterpillars now, we might do it a little later in August because we have a splendid, you know, winter bloom cycle as well. So you don't want to prune them probably more than twice a year. But when you do, you have to prune them back to whatever size you want to maintain them to and let them come back. Okay, prune to the size you want them. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, not like to the ground, right? Well, if you if you if you have the, such a desire, it's not going to kill them. But no, there's no reason to prune to the ground. Marty, I'm going to let you go because I got a full board. Have a nice day. Okay. All Bye-bye. right. Thank you. Uh, let's see, Rob in North Phoenix. Good morning, Rob. Hey there. Uh, I was just gifted some uh, sunflower plant. Uh, my lady's always wanted to have some sunflowers. Uh, I'm wondering uh, the direction, you know, and, and how to best take care of those, uh, you know, being uh, in, in the Phoenix area with the heat coming on. There are a variety from like the four foot varieties to even those ten footers. Plant them right uh, now in the sun, Rob. They like they like sun. They're not going to do well on the west side of a wall. They would do much better okay. on the south or east exposure if you're going to plant them against a wall. Uh, other than that, if okay. you till the soil a little bit and amend it, so put some compost or potting mix or something to amend the soil, and if you want them okay. to bloom especially well, you'd add a little extra phosphorus, like super treble phosphate. Okay, double up on the phosphate with a little fertilizer. Right mm-hmm. now, they're just little tiny, you know, they're just little, an inch tall right now. Well, it's the perfect time to plant them right now, Rob, and they won't be an inch tall very long. Okay, and when do you think those will bloom out by? Uh, probably May. Okay. Beautiful. All right, will do. I thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, Karen in Glendale. Hello, Karen. Hi, Brian. Like your show. I hope you're well. Um, I have two questions, uh, kind of related. Does your nursery carry Parcanthia plants? A uh, Pyracanthia? And, yes, yes, we do. Oh, wonderful. And why don't we see anyone planting them here anymore? I grew up in Phoenix, and they used to be plentiful and now i don't see a one well karen my first home that i bought in phoenix was it was built in 1906 it was down in south phoenix and it had an irrigation ditch with a pyracantha hedge that was 25 feet tall and uh just amazing that it basically grew over the top of the whole ditch um i i think a couple fold i think that there's other plants that aren't as thorny i think people get uh you know, tired of dealing with the thorns at times. But pyracanthas come in all kinds of forms. There's very large ones, like the ones we had in South Phoenix. And there are dwarf ones that can make a nice little tight hedge. And then there's plenty that can be espaliered and pruned and maintained. You know, and they're really a beautiful plant that thrives here. Uh, They need a little extra iron sometimes. But aside from that, they're quite hardy. And they'll grow in all kinds of exposures. So, you know, and this plants go in cycles. You know, I can, you know, back in back in the 60s, all these agaves and things became popular. And if you look at when, you know, neighborhoods are constructed, you'll see lots of those that were planted at that time, like over around Stanford and stuff in Phoenix. And then now they're super popular again. You know, so plants 
run definitely run in cycles. And there, there's trees that, uh, you know, we planted a lot 30 years ago that there's nothing wrong with uh, that, you know, become very popular again. Another good example are olive trees. You know, back in the late mm-hmm. 70s, we used to sell two or three semi loads of olive trees a week. And then they got banned because of pollen and this and that. And nowadays we use an awful lot of olive trees again with the Swan Hill and Wilson eyes. And uh, so plants just really tend to cycle. But, you know, a plant like a pyracantha is a very useful plant. And if it's one you enjoy, it's one you should plant. Well, thank you. And thank you for solving my mystery. (laughs) Karen, have a nice day. (laughs) Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bob up in Anthem. Hello, Bob. Hello, good morning, Brian. I've got a question. Is there something I can plant near my hummingbird feeders that will repel bees? Hmm, not that I know of. I mean, there's certainly plants that bees will feed on and ones that bees won't, but as far as repelling bees, nothing that I know of. Okay, so maybe just plant a non-flowering Yeah, yeah, bees are only going to be on something that's useful where they can harvest pollen. So, you know, if you have something that's non-flowering, you're not going to have many bees around it. You know, but Mm -hmm. but if certainly if you have a flowering plant, you know, you're going to have a lot more bees. And and they definitely have favorites, you know, things like rosemary and things that they love because, you know, they're gaining a lot of advantage by feeding on them. But, um, you know, just stay away from stay away from blooms in general and you won't have bees. I see. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Joan in Phoenix, then Jill in Phoenix, and then we have three open lines. The number to call Julia, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Joan, good morning. Good morning. I have a question about <laughs> slugs. I have an elm tree with some mulch around the uh, bottom of it, some wood mulch, and I noticed the other day going in there that there's those slimy slugs. Are they going to harm my tree? No. They're, they're, oh, they're, good. they're going to feed on broke down material in there and stuff, and you know, they're out just being slugs. Now they could feed on plants and different things too. Well, I've got a couple of rose bushes in there, and those I'm not too concerned about. It was just this tree because it's a well established, mature tree, and I love this tree. So they're, I'm glad to hear that. They're not going to harm your tree. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joan. Bye bye. Uh, Jill in Phoenix. Hello, Jill. Hi there. Um, got a uh, problem with my ficus trees. I have eight ficus trees. They're all very, um, very big. And a few of them, uh, actually two of them, are starting to have weeds fall. And, they're, and the rest of them are getting a little sparse. Is that normal for this time of year? No, Jill. How are you watering them? Well, that's the. I have lost a landscaper who okay. just didn't know what he was doing. So and you, you so, somehow probably lost your irrigation to him, and now is really a time to be very proactive and correct it. Uh, do you have a oh, drip system, or how do you water? Yes. Okay, drip so system your drip on, system on this time of year with ficus trees, if they're big established trees, should run once every week or two for a long time and really deep water them. And if you wanted to fertilize them and for them to fill back in, now would be the perfect time to do so. You could use a balance. You must have mental telepathy because that was my next question. Should I have the – do I – yeah, just fertilize, fertilize them right now with like a citrus food or a 20-20-20 just to balance fertilizer. But, you know, water them heavy, fertilize them, water the fertilizer in, and you should see a change within a week with this kind of weather. Oh, I'm so happy that I got a hold of you. Water heavy, fertilize it. Water again um, and stand back. 
Okay, and and as far as the fertilizer? Just the balanced yeah, fertilizer, anything's fine. Citrus food, wan food. Well, I'm not going to do it. So okay. I'm, I'm, just just, just tell them about Like citrus food's great. Go to... Go to um, you can come see us at Whitfield. I sponsor the program. Would appreciate it. Jill, I'm going to have to let you go because we have a hard break yeah. here and John Roller's in. But uh, yeah, just just come out to the nursery, see us. We'll get you some citrus food. Put it on fairly heavy right now, watered in. They'll be happy. And we're going to be right back after the break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. The number to call Julia during the break, 602-277-5827. Julia, John, and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday, 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTR. shared on the air. I just absolutely love Billy Joel, and this is such an amazing song from him. Well, how can, how can you mess with Billy Joel? Yeah, that's, that's pretty easy. Okay, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Lines are full. We'll get right to the phones. Number to call, 602-277-5827. But that's after we finish talking to somebody. Mark and Chandler, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Mark. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Um, quick question for you. I've got um, a pair of sisu trees, you know, the threaded sisus, which I actually like the trees. They're beautiful trees. Um, but I've got hardscape and then grass next to them. Mm-hmm. And obviously when they push up the hardscape, I, get, I trench down and cut the root and push the hardscape back down. But is there any? It, it's killing the grass in the area. Is there any way to have sisus and the, and the grass? Uh, well, the biggest you know, thing you can do, Mark, that'll help both is to water the lawn properly. Okay, now it's going to be kind of hard okay. because that uh, those roots are on the surface of your sisu. I would think that you've probably been watering your lawn almost daily. No, like every third day right now, and I'll go to about every second day, maybe during the summer. Okay. So ideally with the lawn, if you want the roots to be down, you want the lawn to be rooted deeper, would be to... Uh, mm-hmm. 
go ahead and change your watering cycle. You want to put, when you water your lawn, at least one inch of water. Okay, one inch is going to give okay. you about a foot of penetration, okay, as far as how deep the water goes okay. in an average soil here in the valley. And then you want to let it get pretty darn dry between waterings and then come back and water again. So you take a screwdriver and stick it in the ground. When the ground's dry on the surface, uh, then you mm-hmm. water again. But because the water has been maintained on a very frequent basis, all the roots in that sissy were up high close to the surface because it's up getting the water too. So if you look mm-hmm. at a flood irrigated lawn and uh, where we have sissies with no surface roots, they're watered once every two weeks. Okay, and that's in the summertime, and once a month in the wintertime. And the sissies are fine, okay. and the lawn is fine. But uh, so what you want to do is try to change the frequency of water and get it down as infrequent as possible and as deep as possible. And that way your roots okay. will be down deeper on the sisu, and your lawn will do better, too, in the long run. Uh, do you have ryegrass there now? Uh, not, not right now. I'm just starting to water it again, trying to get the Bermuda to okay. come back. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't water it, you know, right now any more often than the maximum once a week. But do do this system. Put an inch of water on it and uh, let it get dry. Take a screwdriver out. When it's dry and the screwdriver won't go out and water again. And, uh, you know, on an irrigated lawn right now with flood irrigation, that's once a month. Right. Yeah, I've got sprinklers winter. here. So, but I mean, you can do the same rough. thing with your sprinklers. You know, you want to run okay. them long enough, so you need a capturing device out there with your sprinklers to make sure that you're mm-hmm. getting at least an inch of water when you water. Okay. Okay. So you might have to run them twice or three times as long as you're doing now. And if it's slopey, you might even have to run them in two different cycles. But if you'll do that, your sissy won't be near as aggressive up near the surface. Okay. Well, thanks for your tips. Thanks, Appreciate Mark. it. Bye-bye. Hey, Mark, Mark okay. by the way, I, I love sissy trees, too. I think they're pretty in the right spot. They're gorgeous. They're, they're, yeah. they're, really a <laughs> they're a beautiful tree. I'm, I'm looking at one right out the window of the studio here. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, uh, let's see. Margaret in Scottsdale. Hello, Margaret. Hello. Um, I have a question about my lantana. It's a large plant. I've had it for a while. And it's always been beautiful. It has the red and the orange mm-hmm. flowers. And now, and I had the the landscaper trimmed it back. I think it was like oh late summer or something. And that section has never come back. Uh, you so did, now it. You're just going to have to kind of keep it pruned to balance, fertilize it, and it should fill in. Okay, uh, so it should fill in eventually. Mm-hmm. And now is a fantastic time for it to grow. You know, so if you'll fertilize, okay. fertilize it right now, which we usually don't have to ever fertilize lantana, but if you want to fill in, fertilize it and prune the other side back so the plant balances better. And uh, with this weather, it'll, it'll it'll come right back and balance itself out. It might take and it a month. And what fertilizer... Oh, okay. What fertilizer would you recommend? I would use the one you have at home, but, you know, anything from a 10-10-10 to miracle Grow to uh, citrus food, their lawn food, that I'll be fine as long as it's not weed and feed. Okay. And other question, do you sell creosote bushes? Yes, we do. Oh, okay, great. And last one, uh, do you uh, do we 
attract monarch butterflies if we get the milkweed? Absolutely. I mean, you you know, there's a lot of plants that you can plant for, uh, you know, butterflies. But the desert milkweed, our native, is, is a great one. And the, the tropical milkweed is one that will bloom all summer long and you'll have butterflies. Now, we just keep in mind that we're growing butterfly fodder, that, you know, we're going to have caterpillars to come feed on these plants. But uh, you certainly will have a lot more butterflies if you have host plants. And there are definite favorites, you know, if anything from a, a passion vine's a really good one. You know, the, the, the milkweed, tropic or desert, you know, either one does very well. The tropical one blooms a lot longer cycle. So it'll feed lots of other different butterflies, too, as they come in. It, will the tropical do okay if there's some shade? It will, it will, do, better, it will do better in the shade, yes. It, it can do fine like three or four hours a day sun. Oh, I think I'll switch to that because my desert one died. It was in between a fig tree and oleanders. Yeah, the tropical will do much better. Margaret, thanks for the call oh, and have a nice thank weekend. You. Bye-bye. Uh, Jean in Phoenix. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a question. Last year, I purchased a plum tree, that the just the purple leaf plum, mm-hmm. uh, not, not the producing, uh, from you all, um, like I said, about a year ago, and it's not... It's not budding out yet. Is, it's is been that, an odd spring. Okay. You know, what's happened, we've, we've had this roller coaster of temperatures, okay? So we get warm okay. for a few days, and we've cooled way back off. You know, we had mornings in the 30s last week again. And with that cooler yeah. weather, it's just not awake yet. But uh, one thing oh, we know about there. the desert, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get warm, it's going to get hot, and it will pop back out and fill in. It might not bloom much. I mean, sometimes their bloom cycle, as far as the flowering, is not very consistent. But certainly the foliage is. And it, okay, it should fill well. out this spring and get that deep vibrant color and, and be really pretty okay okay and is it too late for me to top it off just a little bit no no it's a perfect no? time if okay. you haven't done it so far if you want to prune it back and balance it you know it really helps a young tree to prune them and balance them on a purple plum okay sounds great thank you so much thanks gene bye-bye uh-huh. uh joe and scottsdale good morning joe Good morning. Hey, I've got a Texas olive, and I'm getting kind of mixed uh, reading from it. It's got new growth on it. It's got flowers, uh, but it's got yellow uh, yellow leaves, and they're falling off. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I doing wrong? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. No. Uh, it, it's kind of like we just talked with the purple plum. It's been because of our roller coaster weather. We've had this. You know, it's been really nice. Okay. You know, we had a freeze at the end of mm-hmm. end of January in some places, and you know, we've been down in the 30s and up in the 80s and back down so it's just yeah. waiting to wake up but you know once it's hot it's going to fill right in it'll shed a lot of leaves this time of year which is normal and those yeah, yellow interior okay. leaves will all fall but instead of happening yeah. all at one time because our weather's been such a roller coaster it's kind of Uh-oh. trying to make up in mind what it's going to do but when it's hot it'll it'll fix itself that's that's why i said it's doing everything at the same time so that's no. what's confusing well so aren't much, we all how much watering should I be doing? It's on with my other desert trees, but I, I, I called your one of your shops, and they said once a week wasn't enough right now. Is that well, No, once a week will be enough for, for that. How long has it been planted, Joe? It's uh, about three years old now. Oh, yeah, that's more than adequate. We bought a box tree, so it was, you know, it was big. It didn't start yeah, out. No, that, that, that's more than adequate right now. And uh, okay. and even for the whole summer, that that's plenty of frequency for 
Texas olive. Because, yeah, like I said, it's on the with the other desert trees, and it seemed to be fine. But like I said, all of a sudden it was doing everything at once. And I'm easily confused. So. Well, you know, baseball wasn't going to happen. Now it's happening. You know, now we have this cool, great day to go to a baseball game. You know, it's been a, you know, we got a wind blowing towards left field. You'll see more homers today. Well, you know, whatever. Life's fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a couple lines open. Appreciate all the calls. The number to call for Julia, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. It's Julia and Brian here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR.
Welcome back, folks. This beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, I want to take a bit and invite you out to Woodfields. You know, Woodfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. All kinds, all sizes, from 15 gallons to 40-foot-tall palm trees, from beautiful desert trees like ironwoods and mesquites to uh, traditional things like uh, Swan Hill olives, ash elms, and pistachios. Whatever your dream is for that perfect landscape, come out and see us at Woodfields. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured, and uh, we'll help you develop your own perfect oasis here in the desert. Uh, back to the phones, Ruth Ann and Surprise. Good morning, Ruth Ann. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Thank you for taking my call. Um, I've got two different kinds of grapes. One is a Chardonnay miniature, which, of course, is not miniature anymore, and a regular just grape. Um, and I wanted to know what kind of fertilizing I should be doing like right now versus like in the heat and how frequent that should be. Uh, right now, it's a great time to kind of pre-fertilize them before they really start to grow and kick in. You want to look for something that's higher in some of the miners, some zinc, manganese, magnesium, and iron. And of all those, okay. iron's probably the most important. And uh, if you pre- okay. pre-feed them right now before they really bust out and really start to grow, it'd be great. Um, okay. You can add different supplements to them, but usually you don't have to if you use a good balanced fertilizer. Uh, you'll find that in okay. fruit and nut fertilizers. Some of them are pretty good. Oh, okay. Because last year I had um, yellow leaves a little bit, mm-hmm. and so I had to do some of the miners okay. um, for it. So I was looking for something a little bit better. Well, that, that's what you're looking year. for so now. You think the fruit. Yeah, and, and so you really want to push them now and get the best quality fruit. And, uh, you know, okay. have, have the vines be really healthy, you know, until you harvest. And then you can kind of let them go and rest a little bit. You know, you can even follow up if you want to, uh, you know, midsummer like July, uh, especially if we have some monsoon going and add just a light dose, not so much nitrogen, but more miners will probably help them a lot too. Okay, great. And then, um, my boxes that had uh, some mint in them, of course, they grew outside of it, and they fell into where the Chardonnay is right off of my porch, mm-hmm. and it's grown like crazy. Um, are they going to be competing for each other? Is it possible that that mint, I should be pulling it out so that it it doesn't kill my grape? Well, it's probably not going to kill your grape, but, you know, the, their mints are pretty aggressive plants. And, uh, and they'll oh, they are. Yeah, they pulled they, her they everywhere. But, uh, you know, if you want to just prune or shear the mint back and kind of keep it reduced in size, it won't be robbing as much. Um, and it's okay. really, it's not going to hurt, but uh, it will compete for some of the fertilizer moisture. It will. Okay, mm-hmm. great. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Uh, Lucy in North Central Phoenix, good morning. Good morning, Brian. I just wanted to remind your listeners that today is the historic home tour in Encanto Palmcroft from 10 to 4, and you can see a wonderful array, I'm sure, of many Whitfield products there. But it's a, a wonderful walk through that historic neighborhood. It's from Holly Street and 12th Avenue. You can buy your tickets. And then you can go to the Valley Garden Center right there at 15th Avenue and see all the roses and plants, and then you can go to Whitfields and buy them. So. <laughs> well, Lucy, you know, it's the, the Central Phoenix neighborhood is really special. And that Encanto area is just gorgeous. You know, it's, it's, well, the, it's so nice to see. The homes and the landscaping is just, I mean, it's, it's marvelous. It's been there for many, many years. And like I say, I'm sure there's many, many Whitfield products there. And new people to Phoenix and old, old, all of us that have lived here all of our lives really enjoy this. So take a couple of hours today and enjoy Phoenix history. <laughs> well, thanks for the heads up, Lucy. Bye-bye. 
Uh, Walter and Chandler. Good morning, Walty. Walter and Walty. Walter. <laughs> Good morning. Hi, Walter. Good morning. Yes. Morning. Um, we're, we're fortunate enough to live on an acre land uh, with um, the flood irrigation. And one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, we definitely need some, some leveling going on here. There's mm-hmm. uh, portions of the yard uh, that might get eight or nine inches of water. And then there's some other portions of the yard where it might only get three inches of water. So what's the best way to get the yard? Uh, you know, come through, rip it all up. It's kind of hard with the grass. Scalp it as short as you can and rip it up, level it. This is the perfect time of year to do so because the Bermuda grass will regenerate so quickly. Walter, I'm going to put you on hold. I'll give you more information off the air because it's that time in the program, folks, when we have to say goodbye. And what a beautiful morning it is here. What a wonderful place we live in. So easy to enjoy. And, uh, you know, this war it's happening. It's got to be offensive to all mankind. There's just there's no excuse for it. And the way they're bombing the cities and killing civilians and kidnapping people was just horrible. You know, the the welfare, you know, like the song we just played, is all of our concern. And what we do together as mankind to be kind to our neighbors and, and help people. Now, it's, it's hard decisions on how we can best help these poor Ukrainians. But uh, we certainly need to keep them in our prayers, thoughts, and out of our pocketbooks, you know. And some of the little stresses we have here, like high gas prices, they're not very fun. But whatever we can do to help these Ukrainians, we really owe them because uh, they're our fellow man on this beautiful planet. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Witchell Nursery Garden Show. I hope you enjoyed the program. And uh, come out and see us at the nursery. We grow all kinds of trees. We're friendly, and we have a great staff that we're so proud of, family and friends that uh, love to grow plants right here in the valley. And come out, like I say, this is a perfect time of year. No reason to stay home today. Whether you're going to go do the home tour, go into a baseball game, going to plant a garden, heading to church, or just want to go out and be kind to some neighbors and explore the desert, what a beautiful day we've had to do so. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Julia, thanks for the music. John, thanks for the news, and thank all of you for being part of the program.